When you think of the word trauma, what comes to mind? You might think of a character having a dramatic flashback in a movie. You might think of a survivor's abuse. You might conjure mental images of violence in war zones. For journalists, trauma can look like many different things. As a profession, we witness and tell traumatic stories all the time. So, how does this affect us? The DART Center reports that nearly all journalists experience a traumatic event during our careers, with the majority of us experiencing more than one. In 2022, a Canadian form of violence found that amongst 1,000 media staff, 69% of reporters said they suffered from anxiety and 46% from depression. How do we cope? As human beings, we are faced with situations that are overwhelming. How we release that tension is the key to self-care. In an interview conducted by my colleague Christian Morvek with Jessica Grant DeMond, a community social psychologist and poet, we learned how poetry can be a worthwhile tool in processing trauma. I'm Tyra Brooks, and this is Lessons from a Poet. Jessica Grant Demond, and I'm a poet and community social psychologist practitioner based in Boston. Um, and I was first drawn to poetry as a method of survival. Um, and a lot of my poetry is inspired by the creative wisdom that I've learned from downpressed communities, oppressed communities. Um, I've been writing for over 15 years I was introduced to it as a kid in like seventh eighth grade and it's stuck ever since so yeah when you say that um poetry you use it as a survival method what do you mean Mm -hmm. by that yeah I think um I use poetry to explore feelings that feel intangible sometimes whether that's like interpersonal or things related to family or things about the world that feel different, absurd, um, gray, jelly-like, anything that just feels sticky um, or even concrete and finite. That's what I use poetry to explore. Um, A common refrain that I like is poetry is common language used in uncommon ways. And I, I really do forget who said that. I think it could be Lucille Clifton, um, but I, I believe that truly. So I think just being able to be really creative with language um, to get at the pieces of myself or other people that sometimes feel hard to express. So this whole project is about highlighting like coping mechanisms for like stress, trauma, PTSD, burnout even, specifically to like people who work in careers that they might be receiving secondhand stress or PTSD, which I actually didn't know was a thing until I learned about it recently. Or, you know, they might be putting themselves in situations where they need to put the uh, traumatize themselves basically for their jobs. So this could include journalists, this could include people who work in the medical profession. You know, it's really just dependent on like what you do for a job. How do you think 
kind of utilizing poetry for survival and like processing all these things kind of plays into careers like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was, I knew that that was the subject of this. And so I've been thinking a little bit about like, if there's any examples I can think of of people who are witnessing these really, really difficult things, um, like writing about them or writing about other people writing about them. And it was good timing, actually, because I read the past the past week, I read a book called The World Keeps Ending and the World Goes On, um, which, uh, which is a book of poems by Franny Choi. Um, and they cover a lot of on um, big and little disasters, little meaning like the disasters that we might not categorize as disasters um, that happen within ourselves or around the world. And they write poems in response to them. And sometimes it's in response to articles that they see or Good Morning America said segment or um, literature. And one that really stood out to me um, was a poem in response to the the bombing um, in Hiroshima, Hiroshima. Um, and the title is called With Mouths and Mushrooms, The Earth Will Accept Our Apology. Um, and it's, you know, there's lines throughout it that just jump out talking about um, like the anti-modern of hell wreck made of symbiotic destruction, parasite and peri-capitalism, um, shock doctrine, like these really, really like gripping words to get at um, how devastating it was. Um, and I think, I believe this this poem was inspired by the fact that there was an article talking about uh, how the first thing to, to grow in Hiroshima um, would be a mushroom after the bombing. Um, and I say that to say that I think sometimes poetry is, is focusing on these nuances. Like if journalists are in these really dangerous positions, tough spots, psychologically tough spot. What does it look like to focus on the gray, the in-between spaces, the spaces where you're waiting in the truck before you, you are about to enter into a war zone or you're, you know, uh, having a hard time connecting the family at home because the, the phone line keeps dropping or different things like that. Um, and also not just the, the small like idiosyncras idiosyncrasies of that, but also, um, being able just to write your feelings and use free write or any other form that you want and um, understand that it's for you first before it's for anybody else. Um, I'm also wondering if like, yeah, as, as journalists who have to be in these spaces, poetry can be a tool um, to not have something that you're pressured into publishing. Like this is not for other people's benefit, but this is just for you as a, as a means and a way to process it, to come back to, to add on to, um, to sit with, to think through. Um, and so I think, I think it could be a therapeutic tool in addition to also going to therapy, which I think is, is helpful as, as you're trying to process trauma. I love that idea that, you know, especially if you work in any sector where you're publishing work constantly, I think there's like this pressure to make everything publishable and make everything appealing to everybody. So I like that idea that, you know, 
like poetry can just be for you and for your eyes only more like a safe space Yeah, I think so. I think that's what poetry was for me for like 10 years, honestly, like, or maybe more than that. Like, it's only fairly recently where I'm actually starting to become really confident in starting to publish things. But, and part of that is just like developing more discipline around the craft and learning from poets that I really admire and, and think are the most like clever people. Um, but looking back, I realized, okay, a huge part of my poetry journal was for myself. It was to process, uh, you know, mental illness in my family. It was processing, um, developing a new connection to the faith that I grew up with. It was um, processing through PTSD trauma through sexual abuse um and it was kind of consistent and there for me I don't think that it's only for yourself I think that um there's a poet and writer called Etheridge Knight who says that the end of a poem belongs in someone's ears um and I think that there is something really honoring about that honoring a piece of yourself um sharing with someone that you love that you're here um you matter, this experience matters. Um, and so I think it can be both, whether that's, you know, tomorrow or 20 years from now when you're like, actually, yeah, I'm comfortable sharing. It's fine because it's also, it can be an intimate process, but um, I definitely think it can be a refuge. Hmm. When you're in community with others, do you think, even when you feel like you're not ready to publish or share do you think kind of like processing those thoughts that you've written down and like the words that you've created do you think that helps your practice 110 percent. I think that is the the biggest thing that helps my practice I'm also involved in a online writing community um called in surreal life and it's hosted by the poet Shira Ehrlichman and um, I've been in it for the past month and I did it again last year. And it's a it's a virtual community. You write every day. You check in with your group like there's visiting artist calls. Um, and yeah, I would actually say that that's. Beyond form, beyond all these other things, the most like my favorite part of poetry is the community and getting to share with other people, getting to listen to their poems, being inspired, feeling like a buzz in your chest um as you're listening or speaking or writing and um yeah you being able to to witness people and have them witness you as well so I would definitely say my favorite experiences have been ones that are centered around community sharing and in those spaces I think like um I've I've really appreciated being able to be in spaces where feedback is is really focused on the positives and highlighting the strengths because I think too often, especially in writing spaces, there's such a strong focus on critique and criticism um, that like the other things sometimes get lost. And so I think it, it, it's been wonderful. And especially for me, I'm, I'm a black woman who is a poet and uh, there's no shortage of critique and criticism that I hear from the world. And so it's been nice to have something that is affirming and also something that is calling out to to step into even, you know, stronger power in, you know, a partic particular writing tool. It's not like 
Um, people aren't saying, oh, yeah, you should totally bring this out more. But it's it's definitely been from an angle that is uplifting and life-giving. I'd highly recommend journalists to do that as well, too. And I'm less familiar with that, um, with the field of journalism. But I think if poetry is used as a tool in those spaces, being able to share your poems with each other uh, from a space of, hey, this doesn't need to get published, but I just want to share a piece of what I'm thinking, what I'm processing, and, you know, maybe maybe being a better journalist for it. So we've talked a little bit about how um, you can process stress and trauma, et cetera, through poetry. Does um, stress, trauma, et cetera, ever inspire poetry? Does it work the other way around? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, it's, you know, it's a good question. It's hard for me to even parse it out because I see the relationship just being like back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Um, I am thinking about a poem that I wrote maybe two or three years ago um, called Morning Like Lava. Um, and it was about processing. And, and it was a poem I literally wrote when I was in the car uh, driving down to New York. Um, my husband was driving. I was not driving and writing this poem, but driving down to New York and um, going back to a to the hospital my mom passed away in like two years before that, three years before that. Um, and I was going to go visit another family member who was not hospital. And um, it was a very stressful situation. Uh, I was getting a lot of flashbacks and um, it was also, yeah, a charged moment that inspired me to start writing because I didn't really know how to make sense of it. So I think it inspired me me to write and narrate what was happening when I didn't feel that attached to my body um and through writing I yeah became more present with the experience as well and I, I think I have just one last question before we close out because I know we're running out of time um can you talk about the importance of releasing trauma in healthy ways like poetry yeah in my poems, I like to feel like I'm sort of the hero or taking up this particular positionality. And so um, I realize that sometimes I, I, I write like that because if I'm going back and remembering something or writing about a piece of something, um, it was a situation where I didn't have any power. Um, and so sometimes writing through trauma with poetry is reimagining. Um, situations, reimagining a different future. Um, sometimes it's taking up the perceived perspective of somebody else who might be in the scene, um, whether that's, you know, journalists thinking about not just their experience in a place, but maybe other people who are there and, and, and their experiences being able to um, sort through those different mediums, um, I think can be helpful in characterization and spreading out um in the case that I specifically talked about with myself like reimagining uh and giving power back to myself in a way I love that 
is there anything else that like I didn't ask that you want to add? Do you want to plug anything like your socials? <laughs> Your events? sure. You can find me on Instagram at Jessica Grant Demond Poetry. That's all basically one word with none of the hyphens or anything like that. Jessica Grant Demond Poetry. And I'm going to be putting my website back online soon. <laughs> um, it's been offline for a little bit, but I'm going to put it back on and it's going to be jessicagrantdemond.com. Podcast was produced by Christian Morvec and Tyra Brooks. Song used in the podcast is called Reflections by Ghost Beats. Thank you for listening.